Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. So today with me I have Melissa Penfield-Wells, who um, I think is going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, So I'm really excited to have her on. So hi, Melissa. How are you doing? Hi, I'm not too bad. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Okay, so for people who don't know you or don't recognise you, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit more, um, how you sort of started getting into horses and sort of where you're at now? Yeah, so I I started getting into horses at quite a young age. Um, my granddad was actually a farrier. My mum tried quite hard to not letting me get into the horses, um, but I I could, she couldn't stop it. It was inevitable, really. Um, and I was diagnosed with autism quite young. And my mum discovered that it was actually really helpful for me to be around the horses. Um, so when I was 12, I finally managed to get my first pony when she realised that I wasn't I wasn't going to grow out of it. Um, <laughs> so growing up, I kind of always had my horses around, had lessons, and I was actually a really nervous rider as a child. Um, and my confidence didn't come until later on. Then I kind of I wanted to work with horses. I always did. Um, but I needed to learn to drive. So I needed a sort of an interim job. Um to learn to drive and I got offered a job as a as a trainee biomedical scientist which was really interested working in pathology um, and I did a degree alongside that um, but I became quite ill with my mental health um, and as a result of that I spent some time in a psychiatric unit and it was decided that it wasn't the best place for me um, so I started applying for jobs on yards and didn't really look at what I was applying for, just sent my CV to loads of yards. And um, I got an email back from Catherine Stud inviting me for an interview, which was quite shocking at the time <laughs> um, because I wasn't expecting any, any sort of interest. And I remember saying to my mum, oh, mum, I'm going to go for the interview. There's no way they're going to offer me the job. I'm just a nobody from the Isle of Wight. There's no way. Um, so I was quite surprised when I was offered a job on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I did go and work there and I'd worked on yards sort of on and off over over a few years. And I learned so much at Catherston, um, but I struggled with being homesick and being away from my family. Um, and I wasn't really in the right place to do that. So I came back to the island and started doing a bit of teaching, a bit of riding for people. Um, before I knew it, I had an actual business. It wasn't intentional. Um, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And a couple of years ago, I trained as a as an animal physiotherapist as well. And my business has sort of grown from there. So now I've got a yard that I run where I do sort of backing, schooling, rehab liveries. Um, I freelance teach, I freelance ride and I do physio as well as competing my own horses alongside when I can. Oh, my God. So you're so, so busy. I mean, I say this to every question that I speak to because generally I think with equestrians we don't just do one job we do at least <laughs> two or three yeah <laughs> so, so there's god there's so much in that conversation I'm going to talk to you about so obviously um with your autism I mean for from my understanding for two uh, for girls it's quite hard to diagnose more than boys um and to get it for quite an early age I guess that's good because 
I guess you're um, they can adapt more for your education and your everyday needs I guess yeah it was quite helpful I think it was more helpful to my to my parents than the education system um, because I was generally at school I was very well behaved I was an A star student no one had any issues with me at school it was kind of when I went home and I think that's why it's difficult to diagnose girls is because they need the school's involvement and actually a lot of the time we do this thing called masking so we fit into the normal world we look normal and then we come home and it's just or everything that's caused stress throughout the day just gets to us um, and we melt down so it was quite helpful because it meant that my parents understood um, and especially with the horses my parents quickly kind of understood that that was going to be a really helpful thing for me to make friends if nothing else um and it did give me the confidence to sort of be myself a bit more and um, how does your um autism sort of manifest itself because I know everyone's slightly different but are there sort of like certain things that like say triggers or anything and obviously over time you must have learned how to deal with certain situations but as you got older yeah I struggle I struggle very much in social situations um it's quite funny because when my clients see me they'll go oh how how can you be autistic you don't seem autistic at all that old classic you don't look autistic um but if they meet me outside of the horses and outside of my comfort zone I'm a very different person um I'm I'm a lot more shy I I can't really have conversations with people away from my horses unless it's about horses um, and it kind of it kind of more manifests like that. Um, but it's also it's got massive advantages. I mean, with my job, I don't think I would be where I am with my job if I didn't have the autism. I think it gives me real advantages with working with horses um, and being able to to sort of keep a structure to to be able to be as busy as I am. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then obviously, um you touched on um like your mental health and stuff so is that um did it sort of deteriorate because of the autism or was it like another factor that sort of um took you down that route where you ended up in hospital um I think it was a bit of everything really I for years I didn't want to believe that I was different I didn't I didn't believe in the autism diagnosis I thought they got that wrong um I didn't want to believe that I couldn't fit in because there was something wrong with me um and I think as well as that I put an awful lot of pressure on myself because I was very intelligent when I was at school I did do very well um I left school quite an early age I went to college at 14 and I went to university at 17 um and I think it it just kind of got to me a, a bit I think um and I didn't really have any direction in my life. And I think that bit of having autism and not really understanding much about it and the professionals around me also not understanding much about it. I just ended up feeling very, very suicidal. Um, and I couldn't find a way out of that, really. So how, how long was you in hospital for? Was you in there for quite a long time or was it just a short time to basically clear your head a little bit and just kind of get a that restructure and that reset button um I did I did quite a few stints um they weren't they weren't massively long um I think I did a couple that were a few months but it was sort of 
spanned over quite a few years. So I think my first admission was just after my 18th birthday. Um, and I think I have five or six years of just in and out and things just not working themselves out, really. Yeah. And did you do you I guess did you have to take like different types of medication and stuff and and things like that? And sometimes the side effects of the medication can sometimes be worse than the actual symptom itself, can't it? Yeah, I, I have big, big problems um, with side effects, particularly given that the the one thing they call them your safety factors. The thing that kept me going was my horse at the time. Um, and he was quite a call him a quirky horse. That's not quite the word that other people use. Um, <laughs> but I, I loved him. Um, he he was a he kicked, he bit, he he was just naughty. Um, but he kept me grounded. So being on medication that sort of made me quite woozy and made me quite slow. It, it really didn't work for me. Um, and I think the, the last admission I had, the medication they gave me, gave me quite a bad tremor in my hand. And by this point, I'd actually bought a new horse. She was young and I backed her myself. She was very sensitive. She couldn't cope with this hand tremor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of at that point, I was starting to think, actually, no, I want to take my horses more seriously. This, this can be the life that I have. Um, and I kind of went and said to my doctors, do you know what, this medication isn't working because the side effects are actually affecting me living my life now and doing what I want with my horse. And that mm-hmm. was kind of a big, a big revelation for me was that actually these mental health problems that I had, I couldn't get away from them, but I didn't want them to stop my life either. I didn't yeah. want to miss out on all the things that I wanted to do because I was too busy stuck in my head. Um, And so we kind of I had lots of long discussions with my doctors about medications and and we kind of came to a decision that worked with everyone, really, that that helped with my mental health enough, but without being detrimental to what I wanted to do with my horses either. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And so like how I mean, obviously, with mental health, it's it is something that, you know, it never 100 percent goes away. you know it's always there but it's manageable and it like you say it doesn't overtake your life Uh, obviously it can go through uh roller coasters and it can have dips and you know dips and highs and stuff but generally you can try and sort of maintain it the best you can is that what you're finding you're doing at the minute yeah and I think I mean for me obviously with the autism as well routine is a big thing for me um but something that I'm kind of covid has taught me is that i need to give myself a break mm. uh, and i think this is this is not just autism and mental health this is everyone in the horse industry yeah. work-life balance is a massive massive issue um and that's a big thing that i'm really working on um because i i get stuck in this cycle where i work a lot and a lot a lot and then i burn out and i think a lot of us do that Absolutely. so i'm kind of trying to be stricter to make sure that i have at least a day off the week um and don't get me wrong I'm still I'm still on call if my groom needs me but it means that I get a day where I can just chill and reset and not have to be constantly working um and I think that's that's quite a big thing is just making sure that there's time to power down a little bit rather than constantly being on the go like a lot of us fall into the trap of I think yeah oh 100% and there's been many guests that I've spoken to who've you know who say exactly the same thing and you know the equestrian industry and people who work in it we kind of I don't know where it sort of stems from but we all have the same 
mentality where we have to be busy and we have to be working seven days a week and we have to like do you know 12 hour days or whatever and you know still you know trying to have a life as well um but then you feel guilty if you do have a day off because you feel like you should be doing something else um but then you know slowly realizing that actually it's okay to have a day off and actually you need it like your body can't sustain that for long periods but I don't know where it stems on but every question that you speak to will say exactly the same thing yeah. I'm not sure why but we do we just we've just got this really hard work hard working mentality haven't we yeah yeah and I think we kind of I mean certainly I I grew up in the horse world being made to think that if you weren't constantly on the go and you weren't constantly doing things with your horses that you weren't doing enough mm. um and the equestrian well it's such a judgmental place isn't it and I think we're all so busy trying to get the approval of everyone else that we forget to look after ourselves in doing that yeah yeah you're so right absolutely right I do feel like uh, from my experiences I do find the equestrian world is starting to get a bit more um supportive of each other I mean in, and I guess it's the same with all industries you're always going to get those people that have to make horrible comments or have to make you know uh, a bitchy comment about how you're riding or how you look or how your horses look but I do find as a general we are starting to be much more supportive with each other yeah definitely I think it's moving in the right direction um there's still I think a way to go but I think definitely it's getting more supportive and there's a lot of of people at the top of the sport trying to encourage people to support each other isn't there um because I mean everyone's got to start somewhere and we can't all get it right all of the time. No, no, definitely not. Um, okay, so let's talk about what you're at now. So obviously you talked about your coaching. Um, so how many, so how do you, do you have like regular clients that you teach every week or has that had to sort of take a step back because you're running your own yard and you're doing your physio side as well? Um, no, I still, I still have regular, regular clients that I teach. Um, and I find that the teaching and the physio links in quite nicely with each other, really. Um, I'm also really heavily involved in our local pony club, um, which is brilliant because you've got all the kids and, and it's just great to sort of see the new generation coming up. And it wasn't something I thought I would enjoy when I started doing it, but I've just sort of had my first lot of seniors that have left and they're adults now that I've had since they were sort of minis and juniors which is really really nice um and I do have my regular clients as well that I I run alongside that which is good and then your livery yard so tell us about your yard like how many horses do you have there what type of yard is it so it's quite a small operation we've got 12 boxes um three of those are my own horses uh, I'm very lucky. I've got a, a young girl that I employ and she's absolutely brilliant. I could not function without her. Um, she keeps me organised. She keeps me on track. Um, and obviously she makes sure that the horses all get what they need. Mm. So at the yard, I kind of, I might come in and, and give a few orders, you know, like like I have to. <laughs> uh, but generally, I, I just have to do the working of the horses and she takes care of everything else. So I'm I'm very lucky with that um and yeah we've got all of all of the liveries are sort of full liveries um 
I've got a couple of them were supposed to be coming in for some some schooling and behavioural work and I've just never left. And that seems to be how a lot of my liveries come about. They're supposed to be short term and then they end up just staying. <laughs> oh, that's great, though. It's a great um, compliment to you that you obviously provide a great service and a great um, environment for the horses. I like to I like to keep my yard very so that the horses are all happy and know what's happening. But I like it to be a very supportive environment as well. Um, I don't like my liveries to feel like they can't ask for help if they need it. Mm. Um, and I don't like them to feel that if if there's something that they're not quite happy with, I want them to be able to come and, and speak to me about that. And as a result, they kind of end up all supporting each other, which is really, really nice. Yeah, um, it's just a nice, nice chilled environment. Brilliant, and that's the dream, isn't it, for a livery yard? Because yeah, sometimes it can get a bit bitchy, but some, you know, the dream is just just to have everyone chilled and do their own thing and support each other, and that's it. Yeah, I feel very lucky. I think I've got a, a really nice bunch of liveries. Um, oh, good for which you. Is, is <laughs> it just makes life so much easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then lastly, let's talk about your physio side of the business. So um, how, like, how are you finding that and obviously fitting it around running a yard and your other coaching side? How does that all work? Um, it's quite tricky to fit it in. Uh, what I try and do is sort of give myself a day a week that's dedicated to physio work. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I mean, I started doing it at it was kind of a good time for me to start doing it because about six months into my qualification, my my youngster actually got diagnosed with kissing spines. So she was brilliant at training me because um, she didn't make things easy. <laughs> and I do, I do really like it. And like I said earlier, I think it complements the coaching really, really well because as a as a coach, I I kind of thought I knew a lot more than I did. And now I've qualified as a physio, I've realised that actually there's a lot better ways I could be doing things and a lot easier ways by just targeting the areas that a horse needs to be stronger. Mm. Um, And then the schooling becomes much easier, obviously, when the horse is strong enough to do it, which it seems like an obvious thing now. But at the time, it was something I don't think I thought about enough. And I think it's something I come up against a lot is sort of when I'm saying to people, right, we're going to keep your horse in walk for a few weeks and we're going to strengthen them up in walk. And people kind of go, walk? Why Why am I walking my horse for weeks? Yeah. Um, and I think we kind of need to get into that. Actually, if we make our horses strong enough, it makes everything easier. A lot of schooling issues that a lot of people see as nappiness or naughtiness, Actually, a lot of it's because your horse isn't strong enough to do the job yeah. it's being asked for. Um, so it's it works really well together. And I really enjoy sort of seeing combinations progress. Um, and that's, that's kind of why I do it is because it's it's just lovely to have someone because I get so many people come to me and say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough or I'm not anything special or my horse isn't anything special. And I think, but what what makes a horse special? Because yeah. to me all my horses are special and you know what one of them is is a little pony who she doesn't really do much she just is there but she's just as special as my other two that that are able to do a bit more Mm. and are better bred maybe um but she has her own specialty she's brilliant if I need a cuddle or I need a laugh she's she's brilliant for that and I think we judge things too much by what 
things look like rather than actually just thinking what do we need out of these horses yeah um i think we get expectations of it all don't we like yeah definitely that we need to be we should be at a certain level we should be riding like this or we should we should be looking like this or our horses should be doing this a little bit more and things like that and sometimes we should just be in the moment and just like being happy and grateful for the moment that we've got with them um because without sounding morbid you don't know how long you're going to have those moments for no um, so it could quite quickly be taken away so and then you lost that appreciation for it yeah definitely and i'm i'm of the opinion that the only opinion i really care about is my horses mm-hmm. as long as my horse is happy and my horse is happy with what i'm doing i don't really care what anyone else thinks because it doesn't matter yeah. um what what matters is that the horse is happy yeah exactly and to be honest that's what all horse owners are aren't they they all yeah they're horse first you know before anything so they'll get there obviously they have their farrier done and things like that but they'll have their back back checked and they will maybe have a reiki session or they might have the back massage pads or they might have the ice boots or whatever it is you know the horse will get everything first and you're left at the bottom of the pile (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so important to actually like after you know I've I've spoken to like a couple of um fitness coaches and things like that and and physios and um pilates people and obviously you're just as important in that partnership then as well as the horse isn't it like because there's no point having a a horse that's got you know having everything and you're not having anything to yourself oh 100 percent. i mean i know when i when i treat my own horse um she is always always very tight in her right side um when I have my treatments, I am always, always very tight through my right side. And I, I would put money on it that it's me starting that cycle, not her, um, mm. because every injury I've ever had has always been on my right side. So I can almost guarantee that me being tight is what's causing her to be tight. Yeah. And it is, it's important to look at all, there's so many things, but all of the things are so important, aren't they, to, to sort of consider and look at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, I think we kind of, I, I think with us in questions, I really think we need to get into habit that whatever treatment or whatever you do for your horse that day, that's part of their fitness, nutrition, whatever it is, you need to do the same for yourself that day, regardless. Oh, hundred percent. You need to yeah, do if we're, your horse, you've got to do for yourself. Yeah. If we're not fit and healthy and we're not in, in the right space, they're not going to be. No. Um, and that's a big thing again that I found with my mental health. My my horse that I've got now, she's so sensitive, and she's so sensitive to my moods. Mm. So I find that actually I've I've kind of got to sort myself out a bit so that she can do the job that I'm asking her to do. It's not fair for me to sort of get on in a really bad mood and in lots of pain and say to her, right, you've got to work your best, if, if I'm not at my best they just can't do that no and you do you do find sometimes like you could go into like a right like go into a schooling session and you think right in our schooling session today we're going to do xyz and for some reason whatever it may be it could be you it could be the horse it could be the environment they're in it's just not happening for one reason or another 
what you had in your head is just not happening. So instead of like fighting and thinking, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, sometimes it's just best to stop and just go for a little mooch somewhere, just go for a little walk and then come back yeah. to the yard because you're not going to yeah. achieve anything by fighting all the time. No, and I think I've said that quite a lot recently, I've said to, to my clients, there's so much pressure to walk trot canter in a session. If, if you can do that, why aren't you doing it? The best thing I ever did was give me and my mare a session in walk once a week because it gives me time to think about things. It gives me time to think about my position and it gives us time to work on things. And yeah, I think we just, why do we need to canter in a session? Why do we need to trot in a session? What's wrong with having a, a session where we just walk mm. um, or just plod around the block? Do you know what I mean? It's everyone's constantly trying to work towards something and we miss the enjoyment in it, I think, a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, but also it gives you like, time if you're doing like a walk session to actually excuse me you actually feel a bit more so you might realize anything oh my god I'm really noticing that I'm a bit stiff in my shoulders or I'm really noticing that my horse is really tight in this side even though like obviously you've mentioned like you know that she's tight on the, on the right hand side yeah. something else that you might not have noticed as much but when you're excuse me in the moment and you're like feeling it a lot more you think oh actually I, I, I could do with a little bit pilates work on my upper body or i could be yeah. or stretch or something like that you can feel a bit more of you know what you might need to change slightly yeah and it's fantastic for building up a relationship and getting to know your horse better because you're slightly slowed down you can get to know how much pressure your horse likes does your horse like that pressure or not um how does your horse like to be ridden because when you're in walk you can have far more of a conversation with the horse than you can in trot or canter and and you can really find out how they tick and what makes them work and it's yeah it's just one of the best things like say I ever did for my horse and I've got quite a few clients that would say the same yeah um, yeah it makes perfect sense absolutely makes perfect sense um okay so towards this like coming to the end of the podcast I sort of allow this space to allow people to talk about anything that they want to. So if it's something that we, they've, we've not covered so far that you really want to talk about, or if you've got any promotions or anything you're passionate about that we haven't covered, then this is like your time to talk about it. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is that we just need to listen to our horses more. Um, I find a lot of, a lot of people I find right things off, as I said earlier, as behavioural problems, naughtiness. And why does my horse do that without actually thinking, what's the reason for that? Mm. Rather than coming and saying a lot of the time I get, I need I need you to help me sort this behaviour. And when I'll go back and go, but why is your horse exhibiting that behaviour? What What is the cause of that? And a lot of the time people don't know. They just want it sorted. But in order to sort it, you've got to find out why. The same with people, really. You can't fix a problem unless you know what the cause is in the first place. Yeah, definitely. And I would 100% agree with that. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, so I end off each episode with some quick fire questions. So generally, are you a night in or a night out person? Oh, night in, 100%. <laughs> and I, honestly every person saying it I think since Covid people are appreciating the night in 
yeah i'm appreciating the no pressure to go out since yeah. covid <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely uh tea or coffee tea couldn't live without it uh wellies or heels wellies uh sweet or savory um that's a hard one that depends on what mood i'm in generally yeah yeah you can have five that's fine uh book <laughs> or film um again that's a hard one because i would prefer a book but these days i'm just i just don't have time so i end up watching a film instead because it's yeah. easier <laughs> it is is there any sort of films that you've seen recently or uh, do you have a favorite film um i've been re-watching harry potter recently um harry oh, potter is always a good one for me yeah good choice um, yeah Lo i love a bit of harry potter um and then lastly where can people find you on social media and follow you or like do you have a website as well you can, where what channels can we find you um, so I'm a little bit of a technophobe. So currently I've only actually got Facebook <laughs> because one one platform is enough, I find, um, for me to manage. So on Facebook, my page is Melissa's Equine Service. And I've also just expanded my business. So I've got a page called Isle Sharp as well, which does clipper blade sharpening. Oh, lovely. Oh, God, you didn't even mention that. God, we've got another thing. Well, wow, it's, it's a very new, it's a very new pursuit. So I haven't, haven't got enough to talk about yet. <laughs> Please, you um, need to slow down, yeah. woman. <laughs> I know, it's just, uh, I just, I love my job so much that it's, it's nice to have variety, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've loved talking to you. So thank you, Melissa, for coming on. I really appreciate you being really like open about your autism and your mental health. Like I, I think loads of people will appreciate it that you've done that. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And as always, guys, if you love this episode, please screenshots and share and let us know that you're listening. And I will speak to you all on the next episode. If you listen to this episode, I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um episodes to other people and i will speak to you all on the next episode